good morning. Welcome to Zion on this first Sunday of Advent, the beginning of a new church year. Uh, just a few announcements before we begin our worship. First is a reminder that choir will meet following worship to practice for Christmas Eve. So if you're in choir, plan to stay. Uh, church decorating uh, will also be this afternoon starting at 4 o'clock. Uh, following the decoration, everyone is invited back to the parsonage where we'll share some Lutheran beverages and some snack foods and, and non-Lutheran beverages if you have a preference. But So please, please plan to come by and decorate and help us green up the church. And then you're more than welcome to, to stay at the parsonage following the decoration. Also a reminder that our Advent midweek evening prayer services will begin this Wednesday. Uh, if you plan to attend, you can attend any of the Wednesdays or all of them, uh, and you'll be able to follow along easily enough. So come to the ones that you can as your schedule allows. You also might want to bring a Bible if you do come. Uh, it'll be helpful to follow along. So, so please take time uh, during Advent uh, for those midweek services. It'll be a time, just quiet worship, uh, and preparation and in this busy holiday season. Uh, also, just it's, this is in the bulletin as well, but so you know, a rep from the Gideons will be here next week for a brief presentation. Uh, just prepare if you perhaps might want to financially support the Gideons, uh, there will be an opportunity to give to their ministry next week. Are there any other announcements that you have or prayer requests you'd like to share? Yeah, John. What do you hear on Jim Long? Jim, I believe, is home now. Um, but he was in the hospital for some observation. and Yeah. So we'll continue to pray for Jim. Yeah, Carrie. I just want to thank you for all your visits you did up to the hospital. And I thank all the prayers that people have offered my behalf. Uh, absolutely. We'll continue to pray and give God thanks for the ways in which he has answered prayers already. Absolutely. Right. During the weather announcements, I'll invite you to take a moment to prepare your hearts and minds for worship as we listen to the prelude. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. 
If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captives to sin and do not forgive ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done, and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord.
pray. Stir up your power, Lord Christ, and come. By your merciful protection, awaken us to the threatening dangers of our sins, and keep us blameless until the coming of your new day. For you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from Isaiah. Oh, that you would tear open the heavens and come down, so that the mountains would quake at your presence, as when fire kindles brushwood and the fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, so that the nations might tremble at your presence. When you did awesome deeds that we did not expect, you came down. The mountains quaked at your presence. From ages past, no one has heard, no ear has perceived, no eye has seen any God beside you who works for those who wait for him. You meet those who gladly do right, those who remember you in your ways. But you are angry, and we sinned, because you had hid yourself, because you had hid yourself, we transgressed. We have all become like one who is unclean, and all our righteous deeds are like a filthy cloth. We all fade like a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, take us away. There is no one who calls on your name or attempts to take hold of you, for you have hidden your face from us and have delivered us into the hand of our iniquity. Yet, O oh Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are, we are all the work of your hand. But do not be exceedingly angry, O Lord, and do not remember iniquity forever. Now consider, we are all your people. The word of the Lord. We will intone the psalm. A reading from 1 Corinthians. Praise 
grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. For in every way you have been enriched in him, in speech and knowledge of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strong and strengthened among you, so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gift as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. He will also strengthen you to the end, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is faithful. By him, you are called into the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. The word of the Lord. According to St. Mark, Jesus said, In those days, after that suffering, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. Then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the four ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree, learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts forth its leaves, you know that summer is near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all these things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows. Neither the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Beware, keep alert, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey, when he leaves home and puts his slaves in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to be on the watch. Therefore keep awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening, or at midnight, or at cockcrow, or at dawn, or else he may find you asleep when he comes suddenly. And what I say to you, I say to all, keep awake. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise you, I'd like you to be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. So on the first Sunday of Advent, we look forward to the coming of the kingdom. And about the coming kingdom, Christ says, keep awake, keep awake. The Greek here in Mark 13, 37, really means more than being awake. Instead, it suggests, stay alert. And there's a difference. I taught high school students long enough to know that being awake and being alert are not the same thing. And so about the coming kingdom, Christ commands us to stay alert, stay awake, stay watchful. Don't just be awake, be watchful. Christ uses a parable to explain his command to us. He says, the coming of the kingdom will be like a household owner returning home after a journey. When he returns, will he find his servants diligent, or will he find them working, will he find them asleep? Will the watchman be on guard doing his job, or will he be dozing? And so the command comes to us. Christ says to all, stay alert. But how do we know if we are alert? How do we know if we're ready for the coming of the kingdom? In church history, some people have taken this as a call to live severe, disciplined lives. They would become monks and make their whole lives about prayer services around the clock. They would sell all that they had to give to the poor, join monasteries. They would refuse to get married with the intention of they wanted to be alert. 
They believed that the monastery would keep them awake and alert. And so when Christ came, he would not find them sleeping. And so they got rid of every distraction in life. They didn't have money to distract them. They didn't have a business. They didn't have a spouse. They didn't have children. They they forsook it all so that they could stay awake. Luther argues, though, that when Christ commands us to stay alert, that the command is really not about divesting ourselves of all worldly connection. Instead, Luther says when Christ commands stay alert, he's really reminding us of the Lord's Prayer. So my catechism students will know, but the second thing, the second petition we ask for every week in the Lord's Prayer is thy kingdom come. We always pray daily, hopefully weekly as Christians, we pray for the coming of the kingdom. But Luther reminds us that such a prayer is really a prayer about our hearts. Because there's always a part of our sinful nature, our sinful flesh, our sinful hearts that really doesn't want the kingdom to come. We can be much too comfortable in this world to really want the coming of the kingdom. But what we know is that becoming a monk or becoming a nun doesn't actually solve the problem. Renouncing everything in the world will not help us to desire the coming of the kingdom. Our problem is not in the world. Our problem is our heart. Our hearts are far too comfortable with this world and this world's promises. Jesus' teaching here in Mark 13 takes place during Holy Week. And a short time after Jesus had said these words in chapter 13, he would be praying in the Garden of Gethsemane that God's will would be done. And at that time, what were his disciples doing? Well, they were sleeping. On that night, God was acting for the redemption of the world, and the disciples were not alert, but they were dozing. They were tired. They didn't understand the magnitude of the night. And this is us also, because there's part of us that would rather accept that the most important thing in our life right now is the comfort of the world. When we find ourselves very comfortable in the world, we ought to be aware that we are in spiritual danger. We often get comfortable in this world because we're not taking God's presence in our lives seriously, and we don't recognize the ways in which God is present with us even now. And so like the slaves in the household of Jesus' parable, when we come to believe that the master is far off, then we will come to think that the biggest priority in our life is getting comfortable here and now. We come to believe that we will be able to make time for ourselves, that what we see in this world is the only thing. And we come to believe spiritually that, well, someday we'll get ourselves ready. We know that the master will show up sometime in the future, and so in some future day, I'll make amends. I'll get my life right in the future. And spiritually speaking, this is to hold on to some sin that we don't want to give up. When our hearts begin to believe that the best options are the options that are sins, then we're spiritually asleep, and we're not awake, we're not alert to God's grace. God doesn't want us to be comfortable in our sins. He wants us to be uncomfortable with our sinful flesh. He wants us to be uncomfortable with the real temptations of the world. He wants us to know that there is something better for us. What this broken, sinful world has to offer does not compare to what God promises us. Again, Luther writes that there is no one so well prepared for the judgment day as the one who longs to be without sin. When we finally get uncomfortable with the world and we realize how destructive sin is to us and to all of creation, then we can begin to really pray, thy kingdom come. When you begin to consider the the real damage that sin does to you and to those around you, then you'll really begin to pray, thy kingdom come. When you begin to understand and see the ways in which the suffering around us is the result of sin, you begin to long for God's kingdom because God's kingdom is the end of sin. It is the end of the consequences of sin. 
It is the end of suffering and pain. It is the end of judgment. It is the end of death itself. Those of you who have stood by the graves of someone you love, you know what it is to pray, thy kingdom come. Because in those moments of pain and grief and loss, you know the real sorrow that sin produces. Those of you who have committed some sin that really hurt someone, and you've felt the weight of that guilt, you know what it is to pray, thy kingdom come. Those of you who have suffered pain or disability from illness, you know what it is to pray, thy kingdom come. And so when Christ tells us to keep alert, he's not just telling us to try harder. He's not saying go become a monk. He's not saying go do heroic feats of faith to prove that you're awake and alert. No, when Christ says keep alert, he's telling us to keep alert for that which is our true hope. He's telling us to know that the good news of what he has accomplished for us is the true hope that we can hold on to. Not the false promises of this world, but his promises. When my wife and I were engaged, she had actually spent three months studying in Germany. And of course, I counted down the days until she would be home. Right? The day when we would not have an ocean separating us, the day when she would be in the same time zone, that we could be together. Right? I was keeping alert for the day she would arrive back on a plane back to the States and I could pick her up. And I was keeping alert for the day of her arrival with that anticipation because I knew how joyful it would be to be reunited with her. And that's the spirit of being alert and awake in Advent. Christ is not telling us just to be good, well-behaved, well-mannered people so he doesn't catch us in the act of doing something bad when he returns. Instead, he's telling us to keep our hearts holding on to the joy of our salvation. He's telling us to have hope. He's telling us to look forward to the day when sin will no longer cause us to suffer. But the question is, as it always is, what happens when our hearts aren't there? What happens when our hearts are not alert, when we're not awake? What if we look inward and we say, I'm actually quite comfortable here in this world? What if we're not in a place where our hearts are looking forward to the coming kingdom? What if we find ourselves spiritually apathetic? Or what if we're even resistant to the gospel? What if we find ourselves like the disciples in Gethsemane who are asleep rather than alert? So if you find yourself in that place, then by all means, confess your apathy, confess your resistance, but more so trust in God's forgiveness. The reality is for all of us that Advent is a busy time. Everyone is getting ready for Christmas. There's shopping to do. There's preparations to make, decorations to deal with, parties to attend, school events to attend, gifts to wrap, cards to send, meals to cook. There's no end to the tasks that are going to pop up in the next four weeks. There's going to be a time in this season when you are not alert when you're just not feeling it. There's going to be a time when you find yourself spiritually dry, when you find yourself in some kind of trouble, when you find yourself thinking of some past sin, some present guilt that's weighing you down. There might be a time where in the long, dark days of December, you're feeling overwhelmed, you're feeling sad, you're not feeling hope. You'll feel a lot of things, but there are going to be days when you're not alert. There are going to be days when you're not hopeful. And so if you feel at all discouraged or down or troubled this Advent, then hear this, that God's promises are most especially for you. And lean on those promises. Right, don't try to keep yourself awake and alert. God will keep you awake with the joyful proclamation that Christ has come for you. Just as Christ forgave the sleeping disciples, he will always, forever forgive you. God will deliver those hopeful promises straight to you. That's what he promised to you at your baptism. And this morning, in just a few moments, together we will see that the master is not far from you. But he has arrived. Because in a few minutes here we will kneel together in communion 
and we'll receive him. And he will say to us, your sins are forgiven. I am with you. In these dark, busy days, I'm not going anywhere, but I have arrived. And so be alert. Be alert not for some future day. Be alert not on the day when you get your act together. Not on the day when you feel hopeful and you feel spiritually alive and awake. But be alert today. Be alert this moment. Because his kingdom is coming now for you. And the light of his promise shines upon you. Amen. stand and confess our faith with the words of the Nicene Creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten. 
Let us pray for the whole Church of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Gracious Lord, sustain your saints to the end as we enter another church year. Encourage the preachers of your word and all who hear that the testimony about Christ may be confirmed among us as we wait for the revealing of your dear Son. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, stir up attentiveness to your word in us, so that in this season of watchful waiting, we might continue to lean on your promises and might not let the season pass with worry and despair. Teach us to be patient, trusting ourselves to your care. Lord, in your mercy. Place your hand of protection, dear Lord, on all those who are homeless, all of those who are struggling to provide housing for their family, and provide them with warm, safe places to stay in the upcoming winter weather. Lord, in your mercy. Heavenly Father, grant your blessing to all marriages and keep all husbands and wives faithful to each other. Guide them as they care for their children entrusted to them. Bestow your loving care upon all children who have suffered abuse or neglect, as well as upon those who are opening up their houses now to children in foster care. Lord, be with them and protect them. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, behold our nation and its leaders and protect our armed forces, taking them under your care and blessing. Give wisdom, strength, and health to Joseph, our president, and Richard Michael, our governor, that they would faithfully serve for the good of your people. Lord, in your mercy. Visit us in your compassion, O Lord. Deliver the sick from their infirmity, the troubled from their afflictions. Especially this morning, we lift up to you, Ardith and John, Steve, Charlie, Jane, Charles, Steve, Nancy, Carson, Jim, Max, Jane, Brandy, Marilyn, Gary, Tony, Carolyn, Amanda, and Jan. And may all who cry to you receive grace according to your goodwill. Lord, in your mercy. Gracious Father, you have made us glad to enter into your presence to hear the good news of our Savior. Preserve your church against all her enemies and lead us to walk in your ways and to follow your paths that when Jesus returns in his glory, we may welcome him with glad hosannas. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Now the peace of the Lord be with you always.
us pray. God of all creation, all you have made is good, and your love endures forever. You bring forth bread from the earth and fruit from the vine. Nourish us with these gifts, that we might be for the world signs of your gracious presence. In Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is indeed right, our duty and our joy, that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, Almighty and merciful Father, through our Savior Jesus Christ. You comforted your people with the promise of the Redeemer, through whom you will also make all things new in the day when he comes to judge the world in righteousness. And so with all the choirs of angels, with the church on earth and the host of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. beginning and the end, the giver of life. Blessed are you for the birth of creation. Blessed are you in the darkness and in the light. Blessed are you for your promise to your people. Blessed are you in the prophets' hopes and dreams. Blessed are you for Mary's openness to your will. And blessed are you for your son, the word made flesh. In the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this for the remembrance of me. Again, after supper, he took the cup, gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people, for the forgiveness of sin. Do this for the remembrance of me. And let us proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. With this bread and cup, we remember your word dwelling among us, full of grace and truth. We remember our new birth and his death and resurrection. We look with hope for his coming. Holy God, we long for your spirit. Come among us. Bless this meal. May your word take flesh in us. Awaken your people, fill us with your light, bring the gift of peace on earth. All praise and glory are yours, Holy One of Israel, Word of God incarnate, power of the Most High, one God, now and forever. Amen. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. Thanks be to God.
congregation. I invite you once again to stand. And let us pray. We give you thanks, Almighty God, that you have refreshed us through the healing power of this gift of life. In your mercy, strengthen us through this gift and faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. For the sake of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forever. Amen. Amen.
Go in peace. Christ is with you. Thanks be to God.